Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 187 of the No Podcast. We are No Outside Food and Drink, the Southeast Premier Video Game Podcast. Tonight, fired PlayStation executive? Question mark. <laughs> it's an ominous start. Maybe we can get the bullshit out of the way first. Yeah. Uh, Bungie, 30th anniversary. What are they going to do for that? Uh, they've had a lot of franchises over their 30th anniversary. Surely there will be some marathon and Halo mentions, but can they actually officially mention them? Uh, I didn't know the Matrix was asleep, question mark. Nintendo Online adds another 64 game. Wow. Check this out. Let's see what that wow. is. Wow. Yeah. Rumor, uh, Sony planning new online service. What could that be? PlayStation Plus Plus. Uh, Tomorrow Children Revival. I threw that one in Brant. That's important. And we have your November PlayStation Now games. And we have your update, update to PlayStation Plus. I am one of your hosts, Richard Bergman. I'm currently on installation 04. Uh, joining me from installation, what was the next one? It's not 05. Maybe it is 05. Joining me from installation 05 is Newsmaster Brant McKee. What's up? And last but not least, and most recently, the Zeta Halo. Uh, joining us from there, that far out location is Cesar Concepcion the second. <laughs> Hello. Hey, He's wincing. <laughs> Brent, how's that? Uh, how's that physical copy of Xbox games rolling up for you? <laughs> oh no! Oh, God. oh no, Brent, why? I'm telling you not to buy physical copies of Xbox games. Oh my lord! Yeah, uh, that's, Cesar, that's Cesar, to be fair, Cesar, to be fair, this is the worst offender. <laughs> um, he is, of course, referencing the fact that uh, Halo Infinite contains seven gigs of something on the disc. We don't know what. It's not multiplayer. It's not campaign. It is partial something. And if you buy that disc, you still have to upload or you still have to download the rest of the campaign to do anything with it. It, it has nothing on there. So famously on this podcast, we are we will host Halo Land parties. So I have discs from 2001 that I can pop into these Xboxes that work. And I have discs from 2004 that I can pop in. And I have another disc from 2005-ish that has a bunch of map packs on it. That will update that 2004 copy, and then those same 2004 copy discs will work just fine. Uh, famously, this 2021 disc, not sure what it has on it, Brant. Would you like to, have you ripped that to <laughs> set up scratches? Explain how you paid uh, $59 for a steelbook. So. Oh, I want that steelbook so bad, but I can't buy that disc. It's useless. Yeah, I can't even but... use it for LAN parties. I was a little At least Halo the, 4, you get two discs. Send it back, Brent. Send it back. Yeah. It's time. Cesar notes it on Halo 4. What that one was an install disc. The other was the rest of everything, right? I believe so. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Brent, famous. <laughs> How did this turn into this? Uh, Brent, has a, you have the only physical copy of Halo Infinite yeah. on this <laughs> podcast. Uh, would you I knew, like I, to show us the case and everything? Please I show knew, us the... Yeah. I want to see the steel book. Yeah, get I, your I moment knew, in the I knew sun. better. I, I knew better. I warned Brand about buying Xbox games. So, get your moment in the sun. Here we go. Before I fly too close to it, my wings melt and then I plummet to the ground. Go ahead, uh, Brancarus. So this is the the steel book with this little and that slip looks cover. Amazing. I'm a big fan. You take oh, off that, that slip really cover. Good. Oh yeah. So he took off Halo the, he took off the cardboard cover of it, and now we're seeing like the metallic 
the actual steel book. So when he took off the cardboard bit, he took off Master Chief. It was like an overlay. So now, oh, Master Chief is on the back. Okay, mm-hmm. that looks good. And then on the other side, we have, what, a Banshee? Like a Banshee patrol over there? No, that's a, uh, a Pelican kind of flying toward... Uh... Oh, it's a pelican on there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The pilot has the pelican. The pilot flies the pelican multiple locations. Um, more to come later in this podcast regarding the campaign. Not a brief pelican, right? And uh, as a as a metaphor for what's on the disc, the, uh, oh, the case is empty. <laughs> There's nothing there. It's an empty. It's an empty slot. I want to know because I don't think anybody actually knows. There's like it's like 7.5 gigs on that disc. Like nobody knows yet what exactly is that disc. Because if you had, if you had a Series X and you had the multiplayer beta, which we've all been playing, if you had that installed, and you popped in or you started the infinite download on Game Pass, you immediately were like at 15% or something. It jumped you ahead. Yeah. So there was already was, a four gig today as of launch day. Go ahead, Brent. I'm just going to say it was like an additional 25, 26 gigs or something like that. Right, yeah. So you had a 4 gig title update and then you had that. It's almost like they're treating it like DLC, right? That's what we're used to seeing in the in the past. Yeah, when you add that to it. It's almost like, hey, everybody's been playing Halo Infinite Beta multiplayer. Here's DLC for that. You can play the story mode. What a wild world, right? But that's kind of how it launches, and you have to download that. And I just don't understand why there even is a disc. So let's go, let's go through that bit now. Why is there even a disc? Is that something to wrap under the tree, or is that something to get people to get the steel book? I have no clue. Because if you were to take brand, if you were to take that disc copy and put it in an offline Xbox, it would be worthless. You could not do anything no. with disc. And I think I think that's ridiculous, you know, several years from now. I mean, obviously, Microsoft's this generation is all about their uh, lineage, pretty much. So right. they've been good about bringing everything forward and, and what now, they they're can. leaning into that and they're licensing all their original uh, lineage stuff for new release. <laughs> yep. <laughs> new releases and kind of homage of that era. Right. But what happens if for whatever reason it gets delisted or just they shut the servers down or for whatever and then nobody can ever go back and play halo uh infinite right and even if you've got a disc you've got a coaster basically it's not what the disc was before no and again going back to what i lead this into is you know i've got we do a land party occasionally and those discs still work from 20 years ago you pop them in and it's a playable it's the full playable campaign it's full multiplayer and i realized that those experiences are not what they were you know now we're doing uh cosmetic advances and they're always updating they're fixing things quickly they're not you know they're nerfing things that are overpowered so it's not the same it's not apples and apples right yeah but still it's just from a preservation point, I don't know what that disc is. You know, Brent, maybe one day you do have the definitive version of whatever is on there. It's it's something, but it's it it doesn't get you anywhere if you have an offline system. 
it'd be really nice if after it downloads everything, it, it just writes to the disc. There we go. Rewritable <laughs> Blu-ray. Are those Blu-ray ROMs or are they Ultra <sighs> HD Blu-ray ROMs? What's on there? Because it's a cross. It's Xbox One and God, it's in the One damn. X, right? Yeah. Just, uh, or not One X. Series they're just, X. They're just Blu-rays. Yeah, yeah I think they, they're I, Blu-rays. Uh, if it's Series X only, then they're Ultra Blu-rays. So they have some... The exclusive Series X titles are Ultra Blu-ray ROMs. Those could be similar to what they do on PlayStation. The PS5 discs are Ultra Blu-rays and the yeah. PS4 standard Blu-rays. So. But since so they have smart, if they have smart delivery, they're going to be standard Blu-ray. They're not going to have the full. Yeah, game. it's it's it smart sense. delivery. What is the exclusive Ultra HD Blu-ray disc for Xbox One? Is there one yet? Was the medium one? I was about to say medium? the medium, medium would be. Would the medium get a physical copy? Yes. It did. Yeah, it came on PS5 and um, Series X. I think this year, September. Oh, it's getting physical for both this September. It hasn't been physical it's yet. It's already passed September. Passed. Past it, it came out. Okay, it already came out. Yeah. And that was an Ultra HD Blu-ray for both. Yeah, we can check. I know. I know. I'm that's curious, separate, right? I know. There's that's why there's separate versions for PS4 and PS5 is because the PS5 discs are Ultra H or Ultra Blu-rays. I guess it's the old head in us, right? We think PlayStation One is CD-ROM, PS2 is DVD, PS3 is Blu-ray. PS4 was also Blu-ray. Like, what is that? What is that cap to as far as that medium goes? I'm curious how that how that breaks down. Because I did not get a, a physical copy of Halo Infinite. Nor did I. I was not paying sixty dollars for uh, CD key. I do want that still book, but I'm but the CD key CD key philosophy. I already knew when I Brent, we're not trying to make Brad, I promise yeah. we're not trying to make I'll you I'll sell you I'll sell you the still book and I'll even throw in a free coaster. <laughs> Halo Infinite Coaster. I want the disc too. <laughs> <laughs> oh I, that's that's what I'm referring to. Oh there was or, the or you can use it as frisbee I'm for out your, of here. with your the dog. The coaster or... was more usable to me, not the disc. <laughs> frisbee. Oh, Cesar's live researching Ultra HD physical game releases for us. Yeah, I, I, I can't tell which ones are which on Xbox because I know they're actually labeled properly on the PS5 box. So I'll say Ultra. Yeah. No. I can't confirm or not because it doesn't say it. It doesn't have a label on the series on the Xbox. Oh, Brent got a Master Chief something. You what got a Master get? Chief something. What do we get? The the six inch figure. The 12 inch figure. Is it the six inch one? The jazz work. Uh, yeah. Jazz wares. Yeah. Did it come with DLC? Did you get a code in there? <laughs> it did, didn't it? You get a weapon skin. No. You get a Master Chief weapon skin. Oh, uh, <laughs> the Buzz Lightyear skin. About. Buzz Lightyear skin. Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> that would be that would be pretty dope. Oh, give oh. me that Buzz Lightyear skin. <laughs> <laughs> we already had an episode called John Wick Skin. <laughs> John Wick Skin. Hey, that's the era of gaming, man. It's multiple skins. I'm, <laughs> I'm still mad that we didn't get our Jack Ryan skins. We're, I'm still mad about that. Our what skins? The Jack Ryan skins. Jack Ryan skins. Oh my God. That's what it was. Jack yeah. Ryan skins. <laughs> the, ben, the Ben Affleck with some of all fears is the one I was looking for, too. So. The multiple Jack. The Jack Ryan verse. <laughs> That's another fire verse. Oh, God. 
I'm sure we'll be talking more Halo Infinite later this episode. Uh, first off, God, this is an ugly picture of this dude. Uh, probably for good reason. This comes from VideoGamesChronicle.com. Uh, PSN's senior vice president was filmed in an amateur pedophilia sting. Uh, there's no way to sugarcoat that. Sony has confirmed that a senior PlayStation executive has been fired after he was accused by an amateur pedophilia sting group. Uh, George Cassiopo? Cassiopo? Cacapo? Cacapo? I don't know. We're not going to fret over this. George C-A-C-I-O-P-P-O, who was a senior vice president of the PlayStation Network since 2013, was allegedly caught trying to arrange sex with a decoy posing as a 15-year-old boy, according to a video by People vs. Peds, an important channel, apparently. Uh, according to the video, Cassiopo spoke with a person who said they were 15 years old on Grinder, the social networking app for gay, bi, and trans people. The exec is then alleged to have arranged pictures and provided the decoy with his address in order to have sex. This exec has been approached. The exec is seen being approached outside his home in the footage wearing a PlayStation 5 shirt before closing the door on the person behind the camera, accusing him of approaching who he believed was a 15 year old. In a statement provided to CNET, which is a Ziff Davis property, or did they get sold with Red Ventures? Is Red Ventures now? Mm, I don't. A statement yeah. provided to CNET, Sony prov- uh, confirmed that Sassiopo. <laughs> there's been like eight different pronunciations yeah. of this dude's name. C A C I O P P O. Look him up. Don't hire him. Has been Sounds fired. Like bastard version of Mississippi. Yeah, right. He's spelling out. So. Uh, crooked letter. Crooked letter O. Uh, we are aware of the situation, and the employee in question has been terminated from employment, Sony said in a statement on Sunday. Right. It's not yet clear if law enforcement has been in- alerted, and CNET states that San Diego police did not immediately respond to a request for comment on the matter. So he's been fired. He is no longer part of PlayStation because he tried to arrange sexual relations with a 15-year-old individual, which is illegal across all boards of legality here and we do not condone this it's not a good story let's keep going no uh bungie has celebrated its 30th anniversary in destiny 2 with off-brand halo gear this comes from the verge destiny 2 is getting a ton of new content today uh a lot is happening in the world of destiny 2 today says tom warren who is a very busy man uh, Bungie is celebrating its 30th anniversary inside Destiny 2 with big content drop that includes Halo-like guns, a trailer for Halo for Halo 2, <laughs> a trailer for Destiny 2's new Bungie 30th anniversary pack shows off a Magnum-like sidearm in Destiny 2 alongside a battle rifle-like pulse rifle in the looter shooter. Uh, both guns appear to look and feel like the original Halo weapons, but there's no mention of an official crossover with Microsoft anywhere. Uh, there's also, I noticed an animation where your person can emote and it looks like master chief is, has <laughs> dived died. off the map. Yeah. <laughs> he's just, he's just like swimming <laughs> infinitely. See what you did there. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're just creating silence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so look forward to these weapons, <laughs> not honoring halo, but honoring Bungie in their looter schluter. Uh, 
Destiny 2. Combined with some great looking armor, cosmetics, and ornaments, it feels like Destiny 2 is getting a big injection of content midway through a season that leads to the next big expansion, The Witch Queen. The game's biggest expansion in years, Destiny 2 The Witch Queen, will launch on February 22nd. It will see players finally face Savathun and continue the story of the sci-fi space series. End quote, which I care nothing about. Uh, the Start quote. The Witch Queen expansion will also feature a new location, Savathun's Throne World, alongside important changes to existing subclasses, campaign content, weapons, armor, and a new raid. Sounds like a Universal first. Studios ride. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I sound like an underpaid employee too. Who's just like rattling off the bits of the yeah. <laughs> bits of the you're, ride. You're up like, there with a piece of paper, like "Welcome to the Savo Two Ride. Keep all hands and arms and yes, uh, your legs inside. Please pull down the thing. The strap will keep you in. Please buckle in. Look to your left. That's where the exits are. Uh, if you need your belongings and they fall out, they are ours. If not, put them in the little cubby hole to your right. That sort of thing, right? Have a great time. Enjoy. Uh, the 30th anniversary pack should hopefully hold players over until February in what's an unusually long season for Destiny 2. What's going to happen in February? Are they going to announce Destiny 3 or Destiny 2.5? 2.1. Has anybody cared about Destiny in a while? Uh, outside of a couple people in my job who just play it for the, the Halo the Fields gameplay. That's it. Yeah. I mean, the gunplay is great, and we pl- we played the first campaign mission as a ga- as a game club game a year ago, two years ago. Mm. Yeah, Brant wasn't here, so it had to be like a year and a half to two years ago. I think from what from what I've talked to for most of my colleagues at work is um typically they get through everything that's done with any expansion. That's just back to the same old line. It's what now. They usually get through the expansion over the weekend, and after that, it's back to the same old grind. So, That's it? It's that fast? That's what's been told to me. I haven't played it, so I can't wow. see it. Wow. Like, it's usually one big raid and, you know, extra stuff in between. It, it usually doesn't last that long. So. You would think it would take longer, right? Like, be more substance than that? I don't. I can't speak from experience, so yeah. let's go based off of same. secondhand. All right, someone somebody's told, yelling at me somewhere. Like he's wrong. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Destiny's amazing. Yeah. He's wrong. How dare he? He's already in the message boards cursing my name. What's his name? Get that bastard. Bungie's the best. Yeah. How dare he? If you're on the message board, subscribe to our Patreon, which we don't have, which we need to set up. Yep. Uh, we'll talk about that later. That's cool. Hate me openly. Curse my name on Twitter. Go for it. I'll mute the thread, unfollow, and then block you. Don't do it on a paid tier. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, someone tell us about this Matrix Awakens interactive demo. Gladly. So I uh, obviously in some kind of a push to also promote uh, Matrix Resurrections, which will be out in theaters later this month. Uh oh, Richard dropped. I just Something. went down. Y'all still hear me though, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, no. We're getting a lot of no signal. <laughs> Yeah, let's just wait for the video. The video You're will good. come back. Just wait. Video um, from the radio star. We got you. <laughs> I am the radio star. I'm the arbiter. But uh, Epic Games has created uh, the Matrix Awakens, which is supposed to be a interactive uh, tech demo built in Unreal Engine 5, um, which you can preload 
uh, on your PS5 or Xbox Series consoles. Um, it's about 29 gigs. That's what it looks like. Uh, and will launch during the Game Awards on December 9th. Um, so probably by the time you're listening to this, it's already already out there. You should already maybe be in it by then. Yeah, you should oh, be no, in the we're, Matrix. We're trying to look into the future here. It's kind of is it already out? I thought it was just a preview. No, this is a preload. Oh. It doesn't happen until, I guess it's going to be an announcement of the Game Award. But I'm yeah. saying. As, okay. of, as of this podcast, it will release tomorrow, I guess. I want to check it out. Oh, yeah. I definitely want to check it out. Um, it. I mean, they haven't really said if it's, it just, it just says it's going to be an experience. I think they kind of... Uh, I guess they wanted to reach, you know, everybody and and have it on both consoles. But I think it would have been uh, pretty interesting to have it be a uh, like a VR kind of deal. Hopefully, uh, it'd be, hopefully it'd be a good experience. The last like, good experience I had was a Jimmy Hendrix experience. So. <laughs> <laughs> Are you experienced, sir? Tell me, have you been experienced? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> They um, say, you know, they put the teaser video up um, featuring uh, a digital version of Keanu Reeves uh, asking, you know, how do you know it's real? Uh, Then he goes into Cyberpunk 2077. Go do the (laughs) twists and turns. Let's go. He looked. That looked like Keanu Reeves. It, it looked <laughs> Unreal it, Engine. <laughs> it looked really good. I mean, I yeah. think they're they're really gonna use this one to try and boost sales for uh, the next Matrix movie. But uh, also, as much as show what Unreal Five can do, right? Because we've seen that one tech demo when they were showing off um, PS Five. Um, but other than that, we really haven't seen much else from unreal yeah since then so just that like tomb raider-esque demo right where the person's like trying to weave through the rocks and you got yeah. all the sand physics and everything yeah that was wild yeah they um the the xbox store listing uh says that it's a wild ride into the reality bending universe of the matrix that features performances by Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss. So it's we'll have to wait and see. Of course, by like I said, by the time that everybody's hearing this, you you'll be able to go and actually download it. So by next week, we'll probably all have our own little takes on it to talk about. I don't know, man. Can't wait to try it out. Giving me a lot of credit. I don't know if I'll. Pretty lazy, man. I just hit the next episode on the anime, and I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> pretty lazy. Press, you tell me I have to press buttons? Nah, I'm not nah. Come on, this is an experience. You really won't have to do much. <laughs> no buttons are being. You'll just be experience here. it. Experience is just to uh, sit back and not hit anything. All right, we'll check that out later this week uh my video is still not working and yeah. i have tried multiple uh, things and it is what it is so we I'll will go, have uh, to keep recording and roll out from there i'll get the new next story beat i think this right. one is um nintendo online adds another 64 game yeah one one whole 64 game that's ready, it ready, next story yeah you, uh, you ready to drop that money get that uh 
upgrade with that paper of the Mario's. So so tell me what all we're getting. Is it is it you know we're getting Majora's Mask? Yeah, and Paper Golden Mario. Eye what and... else? What else? SR besides Paper oh, Mario? Oh, Paper Mario. I, That's you know. it, yeah. That yeah. F Zero um, Nintendo sixty four DD expansion. Or was it a the the giant one? Dinchin. Ocean. Ocean the giant. Yeah. Just Paper Mario. That's weird. Yep, just Paper Mario. It's, uh, that's it. That's all we're doing. Wow. With this. Not even a Genesis game or nothing. This is from uh, NintendoLife.com <laughs> from Liam Doolin. Uh, we're, they list that December 10th. Um, by the time you're listening to this podcast, you have already put 20 hours into that paper of the Marios. <laughs> if you already have that Nintendo uh, Switch Online plus expansion pack. Um, they did a... Nintendo came out with a PR and said that in... Um, Basically, Paper Mario's come out December 10th. Uh, they go into details and say, along with the video and Paper Mario, his vile viciousness, Bowser himself has absconded with the magical star rod and lifted Peach's castle in the sky with of Kami Koopa. Who will stop him now? It's up to Mario and you. To save all seven of the star spirits guarded by Bowser's hand-picked minions, can you rise to the occasion and pull off a storybook ending? Probably not. Yeah, uh, yeah if you don't have the plus experience, you can't. Um... <laughs> Outside of that, they bring it home at the end of this article. says, of course, this access to this game, you'll need to subscribe to a Nintendo Switch's online expansion pack tier. Uh, this premium service will also give you access to Sega Genesis slash Mega Drive if you're in the Euro- European or Japanese nations. Games as well as Animal Crossing's Happy Home Paradise DLC. Uh, the next game edition in 64 library bumps the total uh, amount of offerings up to 10 here in the West. whoop de doo Well done, Richard. Welcome back. I'm um, here. Yep, uh, me, per- restored. me personally, uh, I played Paper Mario. I enjoyed it. It's probably my second favorite one outside of a uh, Thousand Year Door. It's a good one. Um, a good Paper Mario. I don't know if it's good enough to warrant the purchase. Yeah. I mean, a physical copy of the game is how much? <laughs> Pretty damn expensive. Yeah, I mean, ridiculous. You can pay ten dollars on a. You can pay ten dollars on a Wii U and still get it. So. <laughs> Yeah, or twenty dollars on AliExpress on sixty four and get a physical copy that is not legitimate but still yeah, playable. A repro, yeah. I recommend to you guys to just go ahead and pay the who doesn't have a uh, Switch or whatever the service, just pay the two hundred dollars for Wii U and just buy for ten dollars. <laughs> and you would getting the online experience. buy the two hundred dollar Wii U. Yeah, and then pay additional ten dollars to get the game. But you'll have so many other games you can play on there. Path of Victory. Console experience. Yeah. Path to Victory for a Paper yeah. Mario. Because yeah. that's Including. how much better the Wii U is on virtual console games than it is on the Nintendo Switch. So In I said regard, it there. You can be mad, you can be angry, badass. but that's how that's how it is. The Wii U is up there. The Wii U is the only is the last <laughs> Nintendo system with a virtual console. Can't debate that. And how about that slow drip? You add uh one sixty four game. Speaking of virtual console, <laughs> who was around for those days? <laughs> uh, that was not fun. And here, Cesar and I were setting up our Wii's on launch night, downloading uh, Mario Brothers <laughs> and Legend of Zelda and Sonic the Hedgehog. Like, oh, this is amazing! It's the best system yeah. ever. Our, our our conversations about love. We can finally beat Sonic the Hedgehog. I still beat Sonic. Still, Sonic still never have. Day. Yeah, we have to write original. this wrong on a stream. I, I get to the whatever the columns base level and I can't get past that. I had this conversation so many times, <laughs> but it's whatever that that weird 
Greek area that looks like we columns beat, and we beat the Marvel Zone. We beat the Marvel, is that Marvel Zone. Zone. Is that what it's called? Yeah, it Marvel, Marvel Zone. Zone. Yeah. We beat that. We beat that. I then, can never get past Marvel Zone. At that point, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm popping in Sonic Mania or like lesser forms of Sonic, like uh, the head of the, Sonic the World of Sonic one. Yeah. Sonic, Un- Sonic Unle- Unleashed or Sonic Racing. I rather Sonic, play Sonic Double Racing. Trouble. Sonic on second. Sonic on um, Game Gear. That that was the original way to beat the original game. That that was it. When we went through and raced through those kart races, that retold that story of the original Sonic game. It was that Sonic just, Drift, <laughs> Emerald Hill Zone, Marvel yep. Zone. It was all there. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Brent, have you ever beat the original Sonic the Hedgehog game? <laughs> no. All right, so we all stream this, and we beat we beat Sonic the I, Hedgehog. I haven't we all have to get if we it. all get in this room, we will get in this room. We will stream Sonic the Hedgehog. We I will have, beat that shit. I have not met a person alive that has beaten that game. There's no. And way. then we have we to will. get Sonic the Hedgehog two and do the giant stack. Now I beat Sonic the Hedgehog two. I just and didn't beat it with, with all Sonic. the little cartridge add-ons. Oh hell no! I didn't do that. You got to do so, all the little cartridge. You got to stack the thing, man. Brand I didn't do Sonic We just got to beat the first one, and then it's good. Just beat Sonic the Hedgehog one. It's it's impossible. It's so hard. No save states. Um, we were unbeatable. playing. Unbeatable. We were playing on original hardware. I bet we could beat it with save states on on Switch, right? Yeah. Does that count if we beat it on that? Uh, I think why not. The game. I don't. I don't think the game checks us and like no you. <laughs> Save states, bad. You didn't see the ending. You <laughs> used the save states, not the true ending. Yeah, I'm okay with doing that. Oh, God, all the troubleshooting. My news went to sleep. Uh, next up, Bloomberg reports that Sony Interactive Entertainment is planning a new subscription service to rival Xbox Game Pass. This is codenamed Spartacus and is expected to launch in spring 2022. Well after Cesar's February 2022 launch of everything. Uh, Sony Interactive Entertainment will introduce a new service codenamed Spartacus that will enable access to a catalog of modern and classic games for a monthly fee, according to a Bloomberg report, citing people familiar with Sony's plans and developments er, and documents reviewed by Bloomberg. This comes from Saramano Egamatsu. Sony Interactive Entertainment will introduce a new service codenamed Spartacus. Uh, the service, which will likely be available on both PS4 and PS5, is expected to launch in spring 2022 and will reportedly merge the existing PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now subscription plans. According to documents reviewed by Bloomberg, Sony Interactive Entertainment plans to keep the PlayStation Plus name but phase out PlayStation Now. There are three tiers of Spartacus, according to the documentation. Tier 1 includes existing PlayStation Plus benefits. Tier 2 includes a large catalog of PlayStation 4 and, eventually, PlayStation 5 titles. And the third tier includes extended demos, game streaming, and a library of classic PlayStation, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, and PSP games. Why Why is Tier 3, you know, the highest, what you got to pay extra for, when nobody wants to play those old games? And definitely not Jim Ryan. And definitely no Vita <laughs> games. I hope you're not trying to play Vita games, uh, Brant, because they're not in there either. People familiar with Sony Interactive Entertainment's plans also told Bloomberg the company is expanding its efforts into cloud gaming. A representative for Sony Interactive Entertainment did not immediately respond to Bloomberg's request for comment. 
Uh, this is the we have been waiting for the Game Pass of sorts answer to from Sony, right? Yeah. yeah. This seems to be like the strongest recommendation of that. Uh, they have since in the P in those years since they have developed a quality PSP emulator, it seems, with the uh, examples like Parappa and Patapone. Yes, of course. Uh, all titles started with P. Uh, Prince of Persia, Rival Swords. <laughs> um, don't quote that. <laughs> what's the What's the other PSP games? Uh, Sonic uh, Rivals. Sonic <laughs> we talked about that last week. <laughs> <laughs> but what What's some other PSP games that we don't care about? Let's get on there. Let's get it on. Resistance Retribution. We care about that one. <laughs> oh, ouch! <laughs> Not put something on there one. we can't play ever again, like Mega Man Powered Up or something like that. So. There you go. Yeah. Or Mega Man. What was the other one? Um, Maverick Hunter X. The Mega mm-hmm. Man X remake of that one. Maybe I can play Metal Gear Acid. That's the only way I can play is on the PSP. It's locked to that. So. Or Acid 2. Yep. Let's, let's though, let's just say, like, PS Now has pretty much been their version of Game Pass. They just haven't marketed it at all. Like it's it's been pretty well forgotten for quite a long time. Yeah. Because I mean they don't they don't really talk about it a lot. They'll put out that presser, you know. Oh, these here's your games that can that are going to come to PS now. And but they most people you talk to them and you go, yeah, you can you can download PS one or PS two games to your um PS four or PS five through PS now and and all this and even stream PS three games and most people what i didn't i didn't know that i never knew right. that about that service and i think that big example there too is you do not get the day one first party games like you do yeah. with game pass so you know game, game pass is definitely marketed better and they definitely yeah. bring in those um those release titles immediately day one is is big it's a big thing for them just in the past month, you've gotten Forza Horizon 5 and you've gotten Halo Infinite uh, as of today, the campaign. And there's no, in my opinion, there's no equal to that on PlayStation now. You don't have that day one, you know, hey, your best PlayStation games that you really want and you're coming here for Spider-Man, God of War, Last of Us. Um, those are not going to be on this service as of now. They just aren't. They may be added later. And we'll talk about some PlayStation Now titles that are being added uh, in the Grand Theft Autoverse. But they aren't there day one in that level. And I think there are some of us, including three of us on this podcast, who would subscribe to such a service. I would yeah. I would definitely be down for something like that. I'm, so, already, I'm already a PlayStation Now member. I've been for like the last two years. You have been. You mentioned experiences yeah. on that and talked about playing games on there. So... An expanded version of that, I think, would benefit all gamers, not just Cesar, not just me, not just Brant, not just somebody casually listening. But that would be a especially having the three tiers, you know, that's the only way right now at this moment you can play Puppeteer on the PS5. So (laughs) it's true. Puppeteer, uh, the PlayStation Japan Studios classic. Gotta love that game. Uh, having the three tiers, maybe that's a maybe that's the next level of that business model. You know, maybe they have looked at that Game Pass type service and they've said, "Hey, 
a lot of people are not playing Forza Horizon. They're not playing Halo. They're not playing Crackdown 3. They're not there day one for that. They don't need that. Uh, they want Ico. They want Puppeteer. They want Petapon. <laughs> and so we're going to have that available with this other type tier that doesn't get them, does not get them those immediate, um, you know, new release type things. It gives a better depth of back catalog. And I think that's a great way for Sony to lean. I think that Xbox finally, after 20 years, has a great library to lean on, but there's no doubting Sony's library in the past 20 years, right? Yeah. So here you have these tiers where you can offer these type things that uh, that can be broken apart for, for consumers and, and they can decide what they want to invest in or not. Uh, what is this rumor? Spring 2022... That's according to Bloomberg. Maybe we hear about that. We're getting into the holidays, so it gets weird because we have yeah. we have the Game Awards Thursday night mm-hmm. or Friday. Which we night. should we should it's get tomorrow a night? good bit of tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. We should get a good bit of news out of that. All right, get ready for that next week. I'm going to be more. sleeping perfectly because I'm not watching. I'll just watch the reveals in the morning. So yeah, I'll be. I'll camping. probably do the same. I'm camping, so I'm not sure what my reception is going to be like to just, live. Just, just, yeah, just um, just watch the reveals later. And that's what I uh, uh, read the read the tweets. <laughs> so that'll probably be the majority of our announcements next week, right? Our news. Oh yeah. All right, my news just went crazy. Is the next story PlayStation Four exclusive? The one I yeah, added? that's uh, your see. added story. Here you we go. Take, you want to take it? Go for it. Oh, yeah. Dylan Cuthbert of Star Fox, uh, FX Chip, uh, Q Games, all that fame. Uh, They released a game a few years ago that was a free-to-play experimental game called The Tomorrow Children. It was like a dystopian Soviet Russia-style survival-type deal. And it was around for a while, and I only really knew about it because I I have followed him on Twitter for quite some time. But then it was shut down, so that was it, right? And, you know, it was kind of mm-hmm. gone. Uh, this comes from Eurogamer. Um, the Tomorrow Children, the bizarre and experimental free-to-play PlayStation 4 exclusive, is being revived by its original creator, Q Games. The move comes after Q Games regained ownership of the rights to the Tomorrow Children from Sony, the first time the platform holder has allowed this, they note. Uh, the uh, Q Game says it will now rebuild the Tomorrow Children and bring it back to life more than four years after it was shut down. But there's no word yet on when its relaunch will happen or what happens. A mix of collaborative building in a futuristic Soviet dystopia, the Tomorrow Children was an intriguing and unusual proposition which never really found its feet. Sony initially tested the game via public beta in June 2020, June 2016 before launching it early access later that year with a paid Founders Pack, a full free-to-play release then followed in October of 2016. The game lasted little more than a year before servers went dark in November 2017. So they fought to get this back. Sony allowed them to, and now it is going to be coming out at a later date, which is a total win. Um, I was always intrigued by this. I never really did understand the concept. I don't know if that was due to the marketing, but it it always seemed intriguing, but not my kind of thing. And it seems like Q Games has identified, you know, they were ahead of the curve on this, it seems like. And since then, more titles have, have leaned towards what this type gameplay would provide. And 
and they can re republish this basically outside of the Sony umbrella and see if it gets another chance. You know, it gets another shot to see if people will be down for something like this. So I'm kind of excited. <laughs> I want to see what this looks like. You don't usually see when a live service game shuts down. That's it, right? You're, yeah. you're gone. You're done. That's it's it. The servers are off. It's dark. It's over. And now here's a game that's not only was under that Sony basically first party umbrella, but it's getting a second lease of life under uh, another publisher. They're they're getting that IP back. It would be akin to. Oh, something else has been under that. Tomba? Would Tomba count as that? Oh, wow. Am I going too far back? I, don't I mean, you guys are there, but are our <laughs> listeners there? Well, they put out a physical release where the game disc doesn't hardly have any data on it. Because <laughs> if so, I'm in. Uh, speaking yeah, of I mean, relevant, we'll, first we'll know you're, we, we, we know you'll buy it. So. Yeah, I'll buy it. <laughs> Uh, Brandon, it has the steelbook, so you're in. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's it's cool to see this come back. And I know Dylan Cuthbert, I've, I've never stopped following him. He always has great insight into the game industry and publishing and development and all kinds of stuff. He was there. He was there with Nintendo developing Star Fox and the FX chip. And um, there was a 3D game they made for Game Boy that when I look at footage of it, I'm like, how in the hell is this running on Game Boy? And he's just a programming genius. He's a guru at that. So for them to have that back, and he, I know he invested a lot in it in his Q Game Studio. Um, it's it's very cool to see a story like this where they they are able to recover an IP and and continue it after its initial intended life. Because it seemed like Sony never really marketed it correctly. Because I mean, all three of us are pretty up on games, right? Do we actually know what Tomorrow Children was or is the three of us? No, not really. I mean, so, I never gave it a chance, so I can't really speak on. Yeah, it. I didn't either. I downloaded it like all of us did, probably with PlayStation Plus or whatever, you know, Founders Pack kind of thing they gave us. And it'd be great to see that get a new lease on life. All right, someone tell us about these PlayStation Now games coming. Sure. Um. Our December PlayStation Now ones is from the PlayStation blog from uh, Adam Mitchell. Uh, Grand Theft Auto 3, the definitive ver- edition. Final Fantasy X or 10, 10 2 HD remaster. Uh, John Wick Hex. Just in time for that Matrix <laughs> to come out. So, yeah. Uh, Spitlings, and that is our latest editions in the PlayStation Plus. Yeah. So yeah, anything, I, anything you want to add on there, uh, Brent? No, I mean Game Pass got uh, San Andreas Definitive, and now PlayStation Now is getting GTA Three, and I think, gosh, isn't isn't the um, San Andreas? It's not really staying on Game Pass that long. Um, nobody knows. Nobody knows on that uh, how Game Pass works. I mean, there are some games that stay for a year. I think uh, Grand Theft Auto 3 is slated for until, what, two months? And so yeah, their guess like was that. that maybe it might be on there for two months. Nobody knows. Yeah. Certain. But it seems like the Rockstar games don't stay that long in Game Pass, so it would be a, a good guess. Um, this would this would be a good way to, you know, test it out now that there's been, you know, uh, a few patches to 
get some of the hundreds and hundreds of bugs out before you, you know, actually make the dive and buy the game. Yeah. And then um, we also got here some PlayStation Plus updates, but this one's mostly deals with uh, Japan and Asia. Japan is... Yeah. So so this was when we uh, reported on the PlayStation Plus rumors that did wind up being true um, as far as the games we got being, um, what was it, DC, Supervillains, Lego. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, gosh. Mortal Shell. Mortal Shell. Mor- Mortal Shell and Mortal Shell. Uh, Godfall. But this is... Uh, Bastard Edition. <laughs> we yeah. get what's called the challenger <laughs> edition which apparently is a very pared down version of the game where it puts you in um leveled up toward the end of the game and you get to play a couple missions and if you want to play the rest of the game you have to buy it so yeah <laughs> and they do mention in this article that Japan got the exact same stuff as well as they got Judgment. So they got an extra game that, you know, arguably is definitely if we were to get the exact same games, we'd... (laughs) Oh gosh, who did this? I mean, this time. We're sitting at Uh, at this beautiful table. I'm sorry. I was trying to fix something (laughs) Why am I so low? <laughs> like eating these blueberry things. Uh, Richard just did something to the video feed and put us behind a table. No, but nobody's has... seeing anything. All we're seeing is broken uh, Skype feeds on. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. It's just our Skype call. I'm very sorry. I was trying to fix my stuff. <laughs> it looks like it's some kind of party. Richard's really tiny. Like, like he's cowering oh, behind man. this table. Not good. Uh. <laughs> Brant's still broken. Yeah. Brant's back. This podcast is an adventure. No, now Brant's broken and you're back. But yeah, we we get a we'll get uh, we get there. a horrible version of a game we were all on the fence on anyway. And uh, Japan, of course, gets something extra that we we don't get. So that's that's Ooh. PlayStation for you. There we go. Yep. Orders restored. Sorry. <laughs> How? Now we're watching your screen. <laughs> uh, I'll just wait for OBS to catch up. It's the worst. What did you do? You if somebody else it. wants to manage this, I'll happily hand it over. And I'll just show up for the podcast. I'll be perfectly happy. Oh, no. <laughs> that view with the view with the cake. I'm for whatever reason I'm, I'm 240p now. I know. <laughs> so sorry, drop down in resolution. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're getting tidier. You're shrinking. You're Wait, shrinking what are y'all? The I'm looking at OBS. What are y'all looking at? Uh, I don't know what's happening. I don't even know where we're at. Oh God, you get what you pay for. This is not what we pay for. The OBS is He's what we pay Richard. for. He's not. Jesus. Uh, Renee says he couldn't get into Moonlight Fantasy on episode five. He didn't like it. <laughs> I think that's way back. Yeah. Okay, that's that's better. 
Yeah, we're good on the feed. Brent, uh, Cesar's just in 240p, like he was saying. Uh, yeah, I don't know what's happening. So. He's in unprogressive scan. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, that was me Re- trying regressive. to fix it live. He's regressive scan. Regressive scan. <laughs> oh, that'll keep people from trying to hook up stuff to, to modern platforms. Uh, do you have that running <laughs> regressive scan? We're <laughs> <laughs> in Minecraft. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Now Cesar's gone rampant. He's taking over the whole screen. Uh, oh, jeez. I got you back. Oh, that does it for news. That's it for news. Gameplay. And on to the shenanigans. Uh, I definitely <laughs> talk about. We've been doing shenanigans. That's how I did oh, something gosh. I don't know about. Oh, we're in the ocean. How are we in the ocean? I don't know. Somebody, somebody put us in a little mermaid. You did that? Under the sea. Under the sea? Did, wait, did it fix my audio issue? No. <laughs> Find one that does the, the fixes. No, that. now it sounds like you're underwater. I've been underwater for <laughs> six weeks. Is that a excite bike? Yeah, that one's good. Oh, now we're we're class, now we're on college. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, I'm not a criminal. All right, uh, Cesar is scrolling for our non-video listeners. Cesar scrolling through Skype settings. Oh, yeah. now we're talking. Now we are in the Halo Infinite UNSC, and I have the sweatpants to prove it. I don't know. If no, please sit down. Please sit down. Yeah, get my sweatpants. It's not on the video. It's not showing. Nobody wants to see your penis. No, it's not my penis. It's my sweatpants. Pants. Not penis. Pants. All right. So uh, launching today was the, I guess I'll start it up. Launching today was the Halo Infinite campaign. It went live at one o'clock. I was awaiting friend of the show Russell to arrive at three ish uh, to start it. As we all know, the campaign is not co-op. So he and I were determined as lifelong Halo fans to uh, trade the controller back and forth and play co-op that way, which does work. Um, on that note, and I'll probably cover I'll deep dive into this later, but I don't know how they're going to do this campaign co-op. I don't know how this works with two people after playing the first three to four hours of the game. I'm not sure how you pull this off with two people. It just seems. It seems very Halo campaign-ish in a decidedly single player viewpoint in that the things that you do and the things that decide the way the campaign go are very exclusive to that one player. So with us swapping the controller back and forth, even just doing that, it was like, I'm looking at him like, I don't know if I would have done that necessarily. So the game unfolded in a different direction than what I would have done. And I'm not sure, you know, I'm not a programmer. We're not game developers. I'm not sure how you do that from a co-op standpoint. So uh, Joseph Staten and 343 Industries and Bonnie Ross, they've been out there saying, uh, the delay was to uh, the delay of Halo Infinite from last year and for, for spreading out campaign and forge and all that was to uh, promote parity amongst the Xbox One, Xbox One X, Series S, Series X uh, across all those different versions. 
and to make sure that they are good gameplay experiences across those. And I do buy that. That is fine. Uh, they also do not want people to crunch because Joseph Staten was there for the Bungie Halo days of 1 through 3 mm-hmm. and Reach and ODST where they are working long hours, you know, 80-hour weeks and staying up late and all that nonsense that people do not need to do in a, in a, in a job, you know, in a working 40-hour week if that's what it's going to be. And uh, they didn't do that. They refuse to do that, and I'm 100% down with that. Delay whatever you need to and release the game whenever you need to in whatever state it is to avoid that. I'm okay with, right? Definitely. So the first two missions of, and I'll I'll stay spoiler-free because this is probably the first time in a long time that I've played a game that you guys have not really dove into and i know you both want to and uh uh, brant's downloading it off his disc at this uh (laughs) at this very hour uh all these missions are on his uh disc he bought and it's just gotta all it has to do is install from the disc to the system and then he's ready to go which uh famously is not the case but the first two missions are not the open world halo that you've seen in the previews and heard about and things like that they are more linear experiences and you're inside ships and uh kind of think pillar of autumn where they're teaching you to um not so much jump or turn on the flashlight (laughs) as for specific listeners or uh you know melee people but they're teaching you the open worldness of this halo uh there's there's way too much ammo everywhere you go there's way too much this is not the, as uh, Cesar and I always put it with certain titles, this is not the Resident Evil of Halo. Um, everywhere you go in the ship, you have, you know, around a corner and there's a rack of weapons. you got Needler and uh, Plasma Carbine and grenades. And then shoot two or three more guys and around the corner and you've got a uh, plasma pistol and the plasma sniper thing, whatever that's called. you got, it's just, they're everywhere. And it was almost like, damn, there's so many weapons. But it's almost like they're putting in your head, uh, you know, grab anything, do whatever you want, uh, play this next part however you want to. Where famously in the first Halo, in the Pillar of Autumn level, you know, you get the automatic rifle and then you get the pistol. And then after that, uh, you can pick up a couple of the Covenant weapons. But And that was a first for shooters where it wasn't just, okay, I'm playing Doom. I'll find the shotgun on this next on this next level, and then I'll have the shotgun forever. The enemies drop the weapons, and you can upgrade based off of what they have and that kind of thing. So that's an that's an immediate first. Uh, they are good at introducing the grapple shot, which I know Cesar enjoys in multiplayer, using the grapple shot to move around the level. There's great instances using that. Um, the very end of the first level. Think Uncharted meets Warthog Run and the grapple shot and just go with that. And it's it's awesome. Cesar's changing our background again. It was an awesome uh, first level. Cesar messed with our OBS feed too somehow. Oh, we're good. (laughs) It's our whole feed. We're just, you're seeing what we're seeing. (laughs) You're seeing what I'm seeing on the host side. Um, 
so it has that it has that scale of an uncharted and uh the warthog run of trying to escape something or you know metroid a metroid game trying to get out at the end type deal where the the ship's gonna blow up and you hear the beeping and that sort of thing uh the second level is a little bit more story focused uh they still give you a wide open there's plenty of weapons to pick up along the way you've got different options that you can do as far as completing um really i guess the halo dna the halo bones as brant puts it and they're sending penguins across the screen <laughs> the halo bones as brant puts it of you know the weapon pick up whatever weapon you want to and play out this way however you want to and there were times uh so friend of the show russell was here i waited for him to play the campaign uh together it's just it's been a thing for us for years and years to play these campaigns and we haven't played one together since three i guess as it was new so this was a fun one to be a part of and even though it wasn't true co-op we're passing the controller back and forth so if one of us died or reached a point you know that was like you know hey it's been long enough or you know we're to a new place we're in a new room that kind of thing we swap out the controller so it's that sort of co-op kind of how we play like resident evil 4 and uh, some uh, some others that don't natively support co-op. Uh, but then uh, after some story bits, uh, you end up on one of the halos. And the best way I can explain it, and I was hoping he had played Gears 5 since then, because that was one of my games of the year a couple of years ago. And Cesar and I played th through this together. But Gears 5 opened up those Gears moments by having landmarks on the map. So you would travel to places in the map and you would have these gears moments. So it wouldn't necessarily be, no, it's not sloth-like. Uh, you would not have these point A to point B bits of gears. You would have, you know, A to B, but you could get sidetracked. So you may, on your way to B, you find something and you stumble into other gears moments that aren't quite what was intended along that linear process right from the gears one through probably one two and three and even four because four went back to basics after judgment and threes four player kind of extraordinaire and i can see where they took this and it's it's the next level past that so imagine being on the halo and it almost fills in the gaps we've all played that first halo campaign multiple times right so when you first land on the halo cortana wants you to go pick up these marines and you have another ai this go around i'm not going to do any uh spoilers from halo 4 or 5. uh it's not cortana but the new ai which they refer to as the weapon she has hilarious humor and dialogue she is stealing the show by herself this game is incredible uh, I'm going to be talking about this game at Game of the Year discussion when we all have it. But she has so much wit and humor and character and she's stealing the show. You know how that person will come into a media property and you're just like, I oh, wasn't expecting. Uh, I think of the girl from Black Panther, who was the sister who was developing all the hardware and the technology and stuff. Like she just she stole that movie. Too. She was like the star of that movie to me. It's like, uh, you know, where did she come from? I didn't expect her to be this amazing character. And the weapon who is, she is your pseudo Cortana and leading you places. 
she just and you've seen some bits uh not the rooster uh you've seen some bits in the trailers and such and she just far she so far exceeds that she's she's such a great character it's 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 hard to explain because she's not supposed to be there you're not supposed to be there the pilot that they featured in all the stuff leading up to this he's not supposed to be there and it just all everybody comes together great you have the master chief who's this strong silent you know heroic we'll get it done and then you have the pilot who is has been out in space and if you've seen all the the pre-marketing stuff uh you've seen the bit with his family he's trying to get back to his family he don't give a damn about this conflict it's like oh god we lost get me out of here i want to just want to get back to my family then you have the ai the weapon who contained cortana in the last movie or the last movie <laughs> <laughs> the last game apparently and she's done her job but she was supposed to be uh eliminated after that like she was supposed to disappear and she didn't so part of master chief's thing is that she's still around we have to figure out why she's still around so it's like this paper rock scissors of these different characters and this is your three core tenets and you land on the halo and like i was saying with the mission structure you have a main mission. You can go here to this part, or you can go to these two other places that are marked on the map. And I say marked mm -hmm. on the map. This is not an Assassin's Creed game where there's all of a sudden 50 things to do. There's maybe six in your vicinity. Uh, go get this group of Marines. Go get this group of Marines. There's this one banished leader that's near you. There's the mission objective. And then there's um, what would they have on there? Spartan crates. So you can upgrade through the campaign. You can upgrade your um, shields. You can upgrade your grapple hook. I don't know what the second level grapple hook does. I haven't unlocked it yet, but it apparently does better than the level one grapple hook. So you find these Spartan crates, almost like a... Uh, remember that in God of War, you would find the... Was it the red crates that would uh, boost your ability? You could spend on your points. Yeah. So it's like those are hidden around the map, and you have to find them, and they'll just be in random places. And uh, my brother and I spent probably, it, it takes a while to get to this open Halo part. So we probably only had an hour and a half or so to spend in this. And uh, playing on normal, we died a couple times. So we would hand the controller and we would do that same experience. It, it's very um, lenient with its uh, response. So if you find an engagement, if you find like a group of Marines or an, a, a mini boss or one of those Spartan crates and you fail in that vicinity, you start back in that same spot. So you get to do the whole, you know, you get to do that whole thing again without having to retrace driving in there or whatever it is, you know, however it is you got there. So as we would do that, if we would fail when we ended up playing it again, we did it a totally different way. You know, it wasn't the same. And the same could be said for the first Halo. You can run that Pillar of Autumn mission and do totally different stuff every time. You know, there's a there's a cadence to Halo with shooting and um, throwing grenades and recharging your shields and ducking behind cover. And it's expounded upon in this. You know, maybe you have a sniper rifle and all of a sudden that boss that's down at the bottom of this area, instead of him being this crazy bullet sponge, you take him out with two sniper shots and that's it. The objective's over. You just have to work your way down there and there may be more enemies that come flooding in, but you know, you've you've outsmarted that objective. You've done it the way you wanted to do it. 
And uh, another new element, those are the major touchstones. Another new element in this Halo is that you can pick up, like, uh, y'all have seen them in the multiplayer, the the seeds, the power seeds. So those power up certain things, certain Promethean weapons. And then you have, like, uh, fuel canisters and things like that. So it's almost like having an extra grenade because you can pick up these things and just chuck them and <laughs> shit will blow up based off of where you throw these items. And um, we don't know why the Halo broke apart. Uh, you've seen from the marketing that this Halo, this ring, the band is just trying to fire it. But everything we've known from previous Halo games, you have to have a whole Halo to fire. And there's a whole chunk missing out of it. And what I had blamed on poor programming or game development or whatever, like those real blocky looking sections of the Halo that you would see in the in the pre, um, you know, like last year's marketing and videos and stuff. That's the Halo is trying to rebuild itself, we think. So that's built into the story. Like it's trying to you see these like hexagonal shapes building up and and the halo is trying to almost refurbish itself or something i i I may be totally wrong on that but that's kind of the way we're leaning leaning on that um again with these with these engagements like with the camps and trying to free the marines and stuff i don't know how they pull this off co-op it's so it plays so beautifully and so seamless single player I cannot see the the added element and AI and all the things they have to do to add that co-op experience in there. I cannot wait for that. I know they're going to add it. They've promised to do that. I don't see how they do. It's it's one of a kind. It's It's got a certain feel to it. It's almost like, imagine we all played Breath of the Wild. Imagine Breath of the Wild co-op. You know, you would, you would see a, a, a group of uh, moblins at the base of a hill and you had your bomb thing and you could time your bomb to pull it up and like roll it down the hill and try to take them out. What do you do with two people? Do you have another link go down the hill and uh, shoot bow and arrow? Or do you have him uh, jump off the cliff and use the hang glider and go down to the other side of the camp? Like, how do you make that an experience? And and maybe they have these footprints. Maybe they have these things built in there. But I just. I'm unsure how that's going to work because it works so well single player. And it's um, – there were some times where <laughs> after we got on that that Zeta Halo where I teared up, uh, I was thinking about he and I playing the original Halo and the instances where, you know, faux hammer, you land on that first Halo, you're trying to figure out what's happening, you don't know it's a weapon, all this kind of, you don't have this whole lore of Halo 2 and 3 and all those behind it. And you're trying to figure out what's going on, and uh, the first thing you have to do is go find more Marines. There's more Marines that got off the Pillar of Autumn. Go find them. And you get in this Warthog, and the whole illusion of that first Halo game is that it's this massive world. You land on this ring world, and it's huge. And on the original Xbox, you had these, uh, you know, they they would still load when you went through these different zones. But it was such a huge, the scale of that area felt so massive. And it was unlike anything that we could play on anything else. And it really wasn't. It was so linear. You were going from one place to the next. You were going where they guided you. But it looked like, you know, you had the scale of these mountains and, these Marines are just over these foothills, but they're not really. They're just, you drive the Warthog straight down and then you go left and then they're right there basically. But the way the story built it and the atmosphere built it 
was that it was this grand scale that you were on this thing. And instead of filling in the gaps with those other atmospheric bits and story bits, it feels like you're playing it this time. Those Marines are there. Remember the Skyrim thing of like, there's a mountain you can go up it or breath of the wild. Like you can, you can paraglide to that thing and you could go to it. You could grapple hook to that shit. Are those Marines there? Yes. Do you want to take the warthog and go around the mountain and climb your way up there? Sure. Do you want to jump from place to place and work your way up that, that siding? Sure. Do you want to grapple hook straight there and get there in like five fucking seconds? <laughs> yes, you can. And it's the, it's the engagements and who you find along the way and how you free them and what weapons you have. And it just, it's, it's Halo. It's nothing different than what we were playing 20 years ago, but it is has expounded so much more on that experience. It's, it's like Brant said, those Halo bones. It feels like one and three combined with everything that the that our industry that we know and love has learned in the last, say, 10 years. Without the bad stuff, without the fluff, and the just the extra garbage. And it just... It's awesome. It's so good. And uh, I teared up a couple times as we were doing these engagements and just realizing like when the map opens up and it's not this, like I said, with, you know, compared to like an Assassin's Creed where it's just not this wide open thing like go here, go here, go here, go here. You have certain options that they have clearly defined to you what they can do or not do. And you can you can go do them as you see fit. And to have that in a Halo game. It's a combination of of like what, where they were going with gears and uh, a breath of the wild almost because you can you can approach things any way you want to. It's good, man. Um, they did it. <laughs> I was worried about how they. How it would go. Uh, the last campaign I played through was with Cesar. We played Halo four. It was like. Yeah, this is good, but. Is it great? Not really. And then we've only heard so-so things about Halo 5. And I watched a synopsis on Halo 5 before playing this. And we didn't, Cesar, we didn't miss anything story-wise. It's a bunch of garbage. And they don't really seem to lean into it for this one. So if you want to watch a quick synopsis, you know, I don't feel like a 15-minute video is going to replace a, an eight-hour playthrough. So we'll still get those good Halo moments in that playthrough and not miss out on uh, these crazy, the story is just not, it doesn't really go anywhere in five. I see what the complaints were after watching that synopsis. It's like, okay, sure, that's what happened, that's fine. It's almost like a, a filler episode. You know, this is what they were doing behind the scenes the whole time. And um, now I'm on that Halo, and honestly, the, the, the hardest thing to think about is I really wanna play this co-op. Gaming to me is gaming with friends and it's it's where I'm at now. It's like I don't want to experience this alone. I want to have everybody over uh, you two guys. If you were here, I would just want to play with y'all and just swap the controller out. Like if we can't play this co-op, let's just experience this together and see this crazy shit as it happens. And uh, Brant, why would you pick that sniper rifle? Clearly, uh, you could go down to the bottom and take a shotgun and, and clear them out. And then Cesar's like, sure, but I would have a needler and I would be trying to take people out with the needler. It's just I would so never many approaches. That's not, that's not realistic. 
uh, so sorry, you have played with the needler on infinite, right? You know that it is God tier. It's pretty damn good. Uh, and it is not. still God tier in this game, in the campaign. Absolutely not. It is good. <laughs> I don't know good, what Cesar yeah. changes to, but it changed our OBS feed as well. <laughs> Please stop messing with that. It's screwing everything up. I don't know what does it, but it messes it up. <laughs> Cesar, you need the needler on uh, Infinite yeah. Campaign. It's, it's you, get you, you get what you wrote. You didn't mention the needler. I wouldn't have changed OBS. I'm the guardian. Um, other than that, we have continued to play with the Oculus Quest 2. A uh, friend of the show, Jeremy, had bought Beat Saber because that's what you see in all the marketing for um, Oculus Quest 2 is like a Billie Eilish pack. And when we looked at it, we couldn't really figure out what the song pack was. Like, what do you actually get with this? It's not the Billie Eilish pack. That's an upsell. So you've got $30 and then you got to spend 15 or 20 for all these different song packs. And he actually found a free-to-play type Beat Saber thing called Moonrider. And it's on, it's just on the Firefox browser on the Quest 2. And you can search for songs. I played the Skyrim theme, the Dragonborn <laughs> uh, theme. I played the Super Mario Brothers theme. I played some Final Fantasy VII music. I played Last Dance with Mary Jane from Tom Petty. i fix it again. Uh, there's all sorts of free songs on that Moonrider, and it's just free on the Firefox. Uh, the VR Firefox is called Firefox Reality, so it's just free on there. And he saved me from spending 30 bucks on Beat Sabers. I don't think I'll ever buy Beat Sabers. Uh, the Mrs. Digs It too. I also tried out Mission ISS on Quest 2, <laughs> and that involves you going to the International Space Station. And doing various missions around the space station there. Um, you grab. So it has you grabbing with the controllers. The controllers are probably the greatest addition to Quest 2 versus my experience is PlayStation VR with the move controllers. And again, building on that, I cannot wait to see what they have learned with PlayStation VR 2. Where we have controllers that are way more capable than the PS3 move controllers. Even though they got the job done, you know. But just to have something more, you know technologically powerful and tracking instead of using that camera to track with the PlayStation 3 move controllers. But you use those controllers to move about the International Space Station. So you'll grab different uh, like uh, grips and stuff and, and hoist yourself through the space station. And the second mission they have you doing, you go outside of it and you do a moonwalk. So you have these thrusters that are built into the uh, direction pad on the controller. So you can move these thrusters and you're supposed to be looking at something on the International Space Station, but it's in VR. So you're holding on to the edge of the space station, space station and you're looking around at like, you know, you got Earth behind you. That's it. So what I decided to do was just push off the International Space Station and try to push myself like away from it as far as I could. And there was an achievement for uh, like a spacewalk, like breaking away from it. Uh, and then they kindly reminded me, uh, please go back towards the space station. Your oxygen is running low. So that mission sends you back towards the ISS. As you should. Yeah, right. Uh, head back to humanity. Oxygen's getting low. So mission ISS, uh, Moonrider. I played a, a game today called In Space that reminds me of the... Uh, did you guys download the Call of Duty experience that had you in space? It was like, um, it was probably the best. Yeah. It was one of the best mm -hmm. PlayStation VR demos. 
uh, Call of Duty Jackal. Was that the right name yeah. for it? Yes. Yeah. Everybody who I demoed uh, PlayStation VR with, I had them play this, and they were like, oh, God, why is this not a full game? And In Space is not quite that level. I think it actually came out before that demo did. Um, some of this Oculus stuff is a little old. It's just been ported to that Quest 2. But it's still a very, very competent uh, space shooter type thing. You know, it's not not quite to like, um, it's not Rogue Squadron. What did they call that new one? Star Wars Squadrons? Yes. Kind of in between there. So a little bit more depth in the Call of Duty demo, but not quite to Star Wars Squadrons, which I wish was on. I would triple dip on that one. That's a good ass experience. And is that about it with the Quest 2? Love that, man. Love being able to have a VR uh, unit that I can just just strap on there and have the controller and not have to hook up the TV or anything. It's super easy to cast from those to iPad or iPhone or Android device. You can do that same TV sharing experience that you're used to on PSVR. It's just not required. So you can you can send that to it as you need to. Uh, the kids love seeing when the missus plays Moon Riders and she plays a song. They like seeing what she's doing in there because we've they've got younger eyes. So we kind of uh, steer them away from they want to know what the VR is, but we're steering them away from putting their actual eyeballs in it, you know. So uh, they they actually get to see what what is happening with the music based games and stuff. Uh, is that it with that? Yeah, that's um, that is my gaming for the week. What you guys got? Uh, for, for me, all I did was I beat Deathloop, I think, Sunday. Ooh. Um, and it's been playing it that one for a while. I think it was 16 hours total. Uh, I finally got to the point where the story kind of starts out jumbled all over the place, depending on what visionaries you killed, depending on which time and which areas you have at. So, it, mm-hmm. it, person can experience it differently. Um, Almost every visionary has some kind of uh, gear with them that allows you to kind of bend the rules in the game. Uh, you have to get into the habit of uh, beating them multiple times because you get upgrades for the slabs. Uh, they call them slabs. Um, there's some that make you invisible. There's some that you can throw around people like they're made of nothing. There's some that doubles your defense and your attack. They all vary depending on what you have on there. So as you go deeper into the game and you fight your um, antagonist, which is, I think, Juliana, and you, it, it kind of pushes you to look for some of the story bits that are hanging around as you go through. Because like, after you figure out one way to kill a visionary, you get more information from their computers or their mini-coms, and you'll find out about different ways to kill other visionaries until you get the what they call the perfect day which you're able to kill all seven and then go face the final boss. Uh, there's a device you need to use to get to the final boss that requires you to kill all seven of the visionaries before you can get to it. So it's you have to get that path nailed down and kill them all in one day. Um, as you go through, you kind of figure out that not everything's what it seems. Um, and you get not a real sense of how long that that day's been repeating on that island. So there's a lot of, I'm going to go into details, but not everything is what it looks like it is. Um, A lot of the visionaries. What you've been led to believe. Yeah. A lot of the visionaries are not really good people. And you get the indication that they're being kept there like it's a prison. So like works out well for society. 
Um, outside of the gameplay wise, I mean, as you get more of the slabs, you kind of have more different abilities. Like you can shift and go across different parts of the map, and then you'll get an upgrade where you can sh- swap positions with the enemy, and they'll swap you over. So you can throw them across the map somewhere else and swap places with them. So Ooh, there's a lot helpful. of uh, aspects of the gameplay that gets a lot of fun as you go through and get upgrades. Uh, I won't go more into the story because the story, there's a nice twist at the end of it. Um, I thought it was late in the game, but then I thought about it. It's like if they did it early enough, then it probably they would have ruined it. So I think they did it just right. Um, that's why I kind of like uh, Arcane Studios. They, they have a good way of uh, doing storytelling. Uh, but outside of that, I thoroughly enjoyed that game. Um, it grew on me a lot. It took me a while because of the amount of freedom I had in the beginning. But as after I started getting a path to go through and how to get to the end game, it got more interesting, especially as you find out more about Colt's, uh, Colt's background and everything. Like what his motivation is to get off the island, all that kind of stuff makes sense. And there's a lot of stuff you have to read between the lines in there with some of the lore they have lying around. And it's not difficult. It doesn't have to go all your way. Everything seems to correlate to missions that you have to go there and grab stuff. So it's not like you have to go to some random place at a random time to get yeah. some story bit. So They're not wasting your time. Yeah, everything is uh, attainable within the, the gameplay measures. There's uh, three endings. Uh, I got all three of them. Um, you get a choice at the very end of the game. There's three different ways you can play it out, and each one does a different ending. Uh the only bad thing about it is, like, uh, after you get one, you have to go through the whole perfect day again to get the, the second one. You got to go through the whole perfect day to get the third one again. So that's the only downside of that. But you already so, know that path at that point, right? So it's pretty easy to go through. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, it, it walks you through. There's a roadmap once you figure everything out that it kind of tells you, all right, you got to do this at this time. You got to do this at this time. It just, it, it's not enough to get that's you lost cool. once you figure it out the way. Yeah. I like time uh, time travel, stuff like that. Uh, Outside of that, that is 100%. I'll kick it over to Brent and let him finish. Deathloop. Um, I really haven't gotten a chance to play much of anything. Um, you watch I, more anime, why, Brent? <clears throat> nah, I uh, watch more anime. We should go Tensei. Watch that episode. No, we're. Uh, I got family caught up on. Uh, what is it? The What If series on Marvel. Uh, and then had them watch all of Loki, and then started them on Hawkeye, and then based on rumors throughout what's going to be introduced very soon, uh, started watching Marvel's Daredevil, that's uh, on Netflix, because that's that's a, a great series. So, But my son's never seen it, and it's... Daredevil's really, really good. It's really, really good. <laughs> this is the show or the Ben Affleck thing? No, no, not the Ben Affleck thing, the show. The show is quite good. Oh, it's yes. very, very good. Yeah. Um it's it's probably the best out of all of the Netflix adaptations that they did. <clears throat> um but did play uh some Halo multiplayer. Um, like you've been saying, I've been trying to download the, the non-existent uh, software off the disc uh, for the multiplayer. I, you know, As soon as I got home, that disc went into the Series X, and by 8 o'clock it still wasn't... It, it was almost done. It was Brent, almost Brent, done. Have you learned your lesson? Probably. Only buy a physical for PS5. 
until so. until uh, until Microsoft proves you otherwise, I'm sure they'll hopefully there's a lot of uh, feedback on this and they'll change their ways. So but, yeah. I was trying to figure out why they even put this disc out physically, right? So sir, I have a theory. I, I don't know. You, re, I mean, either way, the console is always online. You have to have internet access. So I don't think it really matters at this point. So, so, so my guess is, we assume with and we assume with the campaign, it's going to be on the disc, right? We're not no co-op campaign. So I don't need you. I don't need brand. I'm just going to mm-hmm. pop it in and play it, right? So that is not the case. It is is not on there. So my guess was because I actually popped into Best Buy today and I was looking at they got a whole end cap. It says Halo Infinite. It's got all these discs and everything. My only guess is that, so you can get, out of the three of us, did anybody buy their system from a retailer? Did, were you able to get it from like a brick and mortar retail store? Yeah. You did. Yeah, that's right. I'm you that old in. school. Did you I'm buy anything else when you went in there? Uh, No, actually. Just the system. I, I went in there for, for a game and they didn't have it. They had the Series the re- X and I wound oh, okay. up getting it. So the reverse. All right, so... So my theory here is you're going to get that disc because you were going to get it anyways. Then you also get something else because you're in there. So it is still a retail. Uh, Cesar and I have multiple years of retail experience. It's still this retail presence of the upsell. Like before it was, and uh, Russell and I were talking about this when we were playing. When I bought Halo 2, I was I was four days past my 18th birthday. So when we were selling this game, you know, it wasn't just the game. We were trying to sell Xbox Live, and we were trying to sell a uh, the CD soundtrack. We were trying to sell the guide. There were all these upsell things, right? So my thought is that you're going to get that disc, I, I guess, to wrap, to put under the tree. But you're also after, uh, I don't know, maybe I need a headset. Maybe I want to grab one of those 20th anniversary um, controllers. Uh, the robot white controller, I think, was on sale. Let me check that out while I'm here. I, need a, pet, I need a pet hamster, a pet fish. Yeah, let's get that while I'm here, too. <laughs> yeah, fish. Robot fish at Best Buy. I need a dryer. Let me go oh, while I'm here, let's get that puppy. Let's get that puppy we're talking about let's, while we're here. That's honestly, that's all I could think of was that it was some allegiance to uh, retail partners to try to get a presence in store that someone would want to pre order. Uh, back to the steel book there. That's an incentive to get, you know, you got a physical item. Like I don't have a steel book. So you have something on that game that I do not own with my copy of Halo Infinite that I may have gotten through Microsoft's preferred uh, way to play that game. But that's all I could think of, honestly, because there's nothing on that disc. Nobody can grab that disc and play anything off of it. And 10 years from now, if we want to have a Halo land party of infinite, no one can use that disc and pop in their system and and do something off of. So that's all I could think of was that it was like a retail upsell type deal. Uh, and the other the only other thing that I played, I had a wild hair um, pulled it off the shelf. Uh, I think it's all the Spider-Man hype that's going on. Is. Spider-Man 2. I saw a copy of that game. today. I saw a copy of that today on Xbox. For, for PS2. Uh, this is the Activision Treyarch game. Uh, open world sandbox. Um, which... <laughs> this is this is still... Uh, even as... A product of the era as it is. 
um, with the, you know, kind of smeared Vaseline look a little bit sometimes PS games uh, or PS2 games get every now and then. Um, and I'm nostalgic the, for that look at this the, point. <laughs> the, uh, the, the somewhat jank uh, of trying to accurately web swing, this game was so ahead of its time. Yeah. Like, when I played this, I just got, you know, PS4 vibes. I'm like, they they, they must have looked at this game, played this game, and used this as kind of like, okay, this is the open world. That was it. That was the last Spider-Man. one to be considered. Like, okay, the web slinging is good on yeah. this. And they, they had to have modeled it after that. And everything about this, the, the combat was actually halfway decent. And um, you had that upgrade system. Um, and just from the moment you boot it up and you get, um, oh gosh, I can't remember that actor's name. Um, but they have the voice acting of Tobey Maguire, but the, uh, there's a dude that does the narration in this game. He did the, he did it in this, in the first, uh, game as well. And he's just kind of Bruce Campbell. It seems like a Bruce Campbell role. I think I have to look it up, but, um, he does the the tutorials and he's that you know kind of snarky uh uh backhanded sarcastic uh leading you through through certain things and it's uh everything works so well and the fact that they also meshed different parts of the Spider-Man universe into this game so you've got the whole story arc with Spider-Man 2 mm-hmm. and the Doc Ock thing going on but also in the background you you know wind up running into black cat and you wind up running into rhino and then you know mysterio oh. comes in and i didn't know all those extra characters were in that oh one. yeah oh yeah it's 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 a good game and i mean i played it for i don't know a, a few hours and i really wanted to go back through and play the whole thing again um and even sitting there with my son uh, of course the the i guess the most iconic thing that most people remember this game for uh besides it just being a a good spider-man game is the uh the pizza mini game where (laughs) you have to deliver pizzas you have to deliver pizzas within a certain amount of time and you have that like uh just like blaring the entire time you're delivering pizzas oh no (laughs) hold on i've got it i've got it Pizza delivery minigame. No, that's not it. There we go. Pause for technical difficulties. <laughs> and it's like an that accordion. Plays the whole time you're delivering pizza? Yes, it's a freaking accordion. <laughs> that's fucking great. <laughs> and the thing is, is as your time gets lower... Like it gets more frantic. It's about to drown. <laughs> it, it just gets faster and faster and faster. So it's, but uh, oh, that's awesome. I mean, you get to 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 go wherever you want to in the city. You know, where the first game was very mission based. Uh, you know, put you in a tiny little area. You do your mission, and then you get kicked out, and then they give you a cutscene, and then boom next little mission and you're in a new little area and you run around do your thing and then out you know where this you could go anywhere you wanted to 
can you tell is a product of a GTA, like a GTA three? Pretty much. Vice City situation. Yeah. Um, and they would have, I mean, of course, it'd be only like one of, I don't know, four or five things, but they would have random, um, random crime around the city. So you would have, you know, somebody all of a sudden would get road rage and you'd have to go stop them or somebody would jack a car or somebody's having a drug deal um, or somebody's robbing a store or something like a kid, <laughs> a freaking uh, little little girl or little boy uh, let their balloon go. And now you've got to chase their chase their balloon and not let it get away and bring it back to them. And it's Spider-Man's it's, wasting his time on balloons. <laughs> Spider-Man. It's actually a pretty pretty good game. Um, so if you have not checked out the the old Spider Man Two, Spider Man uh, Two, the the obviously the one based on the movie franchise, Electric uh, uh, Boogaloo. Uh, <laughs> the official uh, game of the official movie, Spider Man Two Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, here we go. Back when uh, Treyarch and Activision put out very very good products. Constantly. Ouch. Oof. Now, <laughs> now, now it's low like blow. hit or miss. Uh, is there a zombies mode in this? There's a, yeah, there's zombies, I'm sure. Can you can you ride the subway to uh, other zombie lair areas? <laughs> That's the whole key is get on the subway. <laughs> mm-hmm. Get on the train. That's where it all started. Dead. Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man. But, uh, yeah, that's that's it for me. I haven't is that really... the same... Is it the same game across uh, PS2, GameCube, Xbox? I think the um, PSP was slightly so. different. But I remember the PSP being a pretty good early showcase for PSP. Mm-hmm. Especially compared to DS. It's one of those ones that people lined up like, look at what this thing can do. <laughs> I want to play it just for that. Oh, it's good. And you get, that's that's one of the first little things that you'll You'll do, and then you can go back later to the pizza shop and just, you know, it's kind of like a challenge. Yeah. So it's 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 a really great game. All right, fellas, y'all got anything else to add? Don't buy Halo physical. Obviously, <sighs> we knew. Brent, how did you not know? I didn't think I had to send it to you. My uh, friend of the show, Russell, had it pre-ordered, and I had to tell him. <laughs> Digital Foundry popped that thing in. There's nothing on the disc. Oh. It's like 7.5 gigs of nothing. I saw that steel book. I was like, you know, I want the game. Oh, I want to support 343. I love what they're doing Pants. with the multiplayer. I'm, you don't I'm a, do. I'm just gonna go ahead and do it. I like. I'm a, don't I'm do a big. Yet, right? No, but I I love. Yeah. I'm I'm physical. I I have all this physical media. And a oh. Halo Infinite coaster. Yeah, I mean we're all, we're all physical. I mean, but I'm not paying full price for 7 gigs. Yeah, well, we're hoping. We're hoping for like list. a definitive edition that actually has some sort of playable build on it. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping there's enough complaints that they will actually do something like that. So. Yeah, this is. Let's and all go to of, Amazon review bomb. Yeah, you could. So the three of us can bitch and moan and whine and whatever. I know the three of us have decent internet. So like me and Cesar are out on Game Pass. Brent, you're actually not out on your coaster. But someone in a rural part of even our state might be boned by buying this physical copy of Halo yeah. Infinite and thinking they're going to get something out of it. That's yeah. They get all excited to to play the new Halo that everybody's talking about, go home, pop it in, and 
than have and to wait diddly. five years with for their HughesNet if they even have HughesNet to exactly. You know, on their uh, that's three, it three G Verizon hotspot. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's it. Because we're just whining and crying and you know first world problems, but there are people who would not have access to this game without. Um, you know, if, if they don't have great internet, then they they literally do have a coaster or no internet, then they they 100% have a coaster. Good as it is not playable off that disc. All right, uh, there's our soapbox for physical media and vice versa. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us this week, and we will catch you next week. Bye. See you. Adios.